the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning. Welcome to the Bob France Authority. As you can tell by the sound of my voice and the music, <laughs> I'm not Bob France, but I will do my brother justice for allowing me to sit in the seat this morning. I am Khalid Namar. Uh, I sit in this seat from time to time. I'm glad to be back. It's been a while since I've been here, and I am chomping at the bit. I got so much to talk about. May tick some people off, but guess what? That's what I do. Um, <laughs> so, thank you for tuning in with me this morning on the Bob France Authority. Love sitting here. Love coming in for Bob, uh, who's away, and gave me, he called my number. When he calls my number off the bench, I'm ready. So, uh glad to be here got a good show for you today a very informative show uh you're going to hear a lot of information today and i challenge you if anything that you think i'm wrong about give me a call at charles barkley one says uh i might be wrong but i doubt it um <laughs> so we got my one of my favorite interviews coming up in the uh, next segment scott eulinger 20 years in the cia i've interviewed him several times love him when i bump into him on the road He's got a lot to talk about this morning with the Ron and all the latest headlines with IG report. You can break everything down. This guy's got 20 years in Central Asia as a station chief. Also, later on in the next hour, we got my buddy, legal expert, former Harvard Law graduate, uh, Jeffrey Sendelar Jr. will be joining in. We'll be talking about bail reform, which is a hot issue coming up, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, horizon soon. It's being discussed right here in Cuyahoga County. So we'll be talking about bail reform and I'll be filling in a lot of information about what's going on with the, uh, the impeachment and so forth. But I'm, I want to start off by saying this. 
some of you may not like what I'm about to say, but uh, I kind of had enough of the what's been going on the past couple of years. Uh, I don't care. You know, you can vote for whomever you want to vote for. That's your right as an American citizen. What I have a problem with and my uh, monologue this morning is is directed at the people who are incredibly self-righteous about who they voted for. Not only are you self-righteous, if you're going to be self-righteous as you are, at least have some information, you know, have some information about what you're, what you're speaking about, especially when you come from me. Uh, when it, especially when you want to come and you want to talk about things like civics and the Constitution, you need to know I teach this stuff. Along with my good friend Dan Messina, we spend time in colleges and high schools. We teach the Constitution. We teach civics. I'm 12 hours, 15 to 20 hours a week studying statutes in the Constitution and I'm around some very smart people like Jeff Sindelar and some other fantastic attorneys that I, I love to talk to and read and study uh, because we go out in schools to make sure that young people understand the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and First Amendment. So uh, I don't think you spend more time on this than I do. I'm pretty certain, uh, probably because you have a social life. Um, but <laughs> please know, I know this stuff. All right. And I want to tell you who you voted for when you when you watch this media freak out, which is constantly uh, everything that Trump does. They've rendered him basically a crossing guard. He has no authority. If you watch television, you listen to Pelosi. If you listen to Schiff, he basically can't do anything except sign his name on pieces of paper. But the media freak out about our democracy, how we're under threat and how our constitution is being damaged. I'm sorry if you believe this. Uh, how can I say this respectfully? Um, you're a fool. I'm sorry. Um, y- you are. A comp- you, I don't know what you've been doing the last 12 years. Some people can walk around. Their eyes blink. Uh, they appear to be alive, but they're not really. Um, you had a president the last 10, you know, let's say the last decade. We had a president who trampled all over the Constitution but just because the media doesn't spoon feed you all this nonsense, you, you seem to think that basically it was the you know Camelot and the Kennedys. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, it wasn't the case. Uh, the Espionage Act, which this administration, the previous administration, used to prosecute more reporters than all other administrations combined. So much so that the former head of the ACLU, uh, Nadine Strawson called Obama a, quote, terrible First Amendment president. That's a fact. Um, The New York Times Politico did stories regarding the treatment of the press by this administration. Freedom of the Press Foundation, Baltimore Sun, I think Boston Globe, uh, all these organizations. I'm going to give you a couple. Um, New York Times, June uh, 2014. Under Obama, it was a chill on press freedom. Right? Chill on press freedom under the Obama administration in 2014. Baltimore Sun 2017. Trump's war on the press, no match for Obama. Uh, I got I got a little bit more. Obama's lasting damage, U.S. News, January 27, 2017. Phone records seized of AP reporters. That's May 14, 2013. Did you know that? Phone records were seized of for 20 AP reporters? Secretly seized, looking for leaks. 
James Rosen of Fox News had his phone surveilled and those of his parents looking for leaks. So Trump tweets silly things, things that he shouldn't necessarily tweet. He says silly things. He calls the fake news media the enemy of the people. But what has he actually done to that level? Reporters have not been prosecuted. Their phone records hasn't been seized because if you did, you would pretty much know about it. Where was all the talk of our democracy? Uh, uh, you know, our democracy is under threat. Where was all this media freak out? You know, during the last eight years when you had these types of serious, serious things going on. Phone records seized. How about Supreme Court violations? How about trampling over federal law? Federal immigration laws were ignored. National Voter Registration Act, federal laws were ignored. States who tried to claim their voting rolls were sued by this administration uh, in order to stop it. That's a fact. Check it out. Check out the Motor Voter Law. National Voter Registration Act, it's called. When you watch CNN, this is your brain on CNN. When you, when you hear this nonsense... You, you, you live in an alternate reality. If you were surprised by this IG report, well, I'm not. I wasn't. Bob France wasn't because we knew this stuff for two years. But the media moves on to the next scam. If, if they're wrong, they just move on to the next scam. And, and for people to freak out and think that somehow you're living in, in, under Mussolini, it, it is really that's your brain on television. Because the last president by just about every measure in terms of your civil liberties and freedoms, you can check it out, was worse. Uh, ACLU did an article in 2015, 2015, urging the president to end family detentions. 2015. But why do you just hear about, quote, kids in cages within a past year? When the ACLU wrote a letter, an article, criticizing the the uh immigration or detention policies of the last administration and you just heard about it last year because it's all an orchestrated media scam to to play with your emotions and you think things are new they're not new they're actually things are a little, actually a lot better now and i know people don't want to hear that but sorry facts are facts right now this uh Suleimani, uh Strike where you have people thinking that congressional approval is needed. Well, there were 2,800 strikes under the Obama administration. None of them went through congressional approval. The killing of Osama bin Laden didn't go through congressional approval. None of these things uh, needed congressional approval. However, now all of a sudden, people are interested in the Constitution. You could ransack Nancy Pelosi's office and whatnot, find one copy of the Constitution. There are people who are spewing the Constitution at me who've never read one syllable of it. Now you're interested in the Constitution. I find it, I think it's great you're interested in the Constitution, but I think it's, I don't think it's serious. How many of you know that uh, President Obama was sued by House Democrats and Republicans for uh, the Libya operation? And Dennis Kucinich's name was on that lawsuit. Did you know that? How about the emoluments clause, which they're bringing up because Trump owns a hotel and people happen to stay there? Uh, technically, Hillary Clinton was ineligible for her seat as uh, Secretary of State because she was a sitting senator when the salary for that position was increased. And according to the Constitution, 
she was ineligible. However, what the Congress did was lower the salary so she could take the position. Now, that was a direct violation of the Constitution. But, you know, who cares? But this media digs up things that they pretty much don't care about because they hate the president. And what this does is it. I'm sorry to say this. The media has rendered this country right now uh, so manic about a lot of things that aren't really worth the time. If you want to pay attention to civil liberties, I have no problem with that. But don't act as though things were fantastic and all of a sudden we had, you know, like I said, Mussolini in power and all and, and, and things are, are going to hell. They're not. This is all hysteria. Because if you cared about the Constitution, you should have been pulling your hair on uh, setting your hair on fire the last 10 years. There's there's more. I got more um, constitutional violations. Uh, you know, civil liberties being trampled on. Even certain uh, Democrats were criticizing the administration's treatment of the press. But CNN, MSNBC was not. So people who watch this stuff, you, you turn off your television because it's rendering you uh, mindless. So when you want to send me articles as if you're educating me about something, please don't because you can't. You, you really can't. I'm, I'm, that sounds arrogant. It's not arrogant. It's a fact. You can't. Uh, I get up every day. I follow this stuff. I read things that most of you don't even know exist. And I'm talking to lefties. Yeah, this is NWA. And the N stands for Namar. Namar with attitude. I got attitude this morning. You're going to hear a lot more of it. I got a lot to say. Thanks to my brother, Bob France, for allowing me to sit in this seat. I'm going to do you proud. Got Scott Euling coming up in the next segment. My CIA contact. Love talking to him. He'll, he'll, he'll educate you further. I'm Khalid Namar. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. I am Khalid Namar, sitting in for Bob France. You know, <laughs> one of the things that I love doing is meeting people when I'm out on the road. I go to conventions. I get to meet some fantastic people, people who teach you a lot. And one of my favorite interviews is a guy you're about to hear now. He's got 20 years in the CIA. He's former station chief in Central Asia. Oh, we don't call that. But anyway, he's coming up shortly. Uh, Scott Eulinger will be here, my guest. And uh, fantastic guy. And you'll hear a lot uh, of good things from him. He always gives me a lot of content when it comes to intelligence, when it comes to what's going on uh, in the world. So you'll be hearing from Scott Eulinger. So to cap off my last uh, uh, rant, that's <laughs> basically saying that, you know, people who think, you know, you, you, don't come across as you're morally superior because you didn't vote for Trump. I'm sorry. You need a little bit more, uh, you know, than that to, 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 to come across so arrogantly and le- and, and also have your facts, you know, down. Don't just have your latest talking points you got from television. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking of those of you who've been on my page lately. So, um, that's something I, you know, I'll, I'll gladly have that discussion. If some of you have 
you know, podcast, invite me on. I get invited on a lot of podcasts. Invite me on. I would love to be on your podcast, your platforms, whatever. But those of you who know me know I like a good fight. So uh, hit me up, Khalid Namar, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, and if you want to have a discussion, we can gladly have a discussion. Um, because I think we're at, we're at a point now where uh, we're going to go one way or the other in this country. And, you know, I have my side. And I don't think we people on the uh, on the other side are actually have the same values that you know I share. So we can talk about them, we can discuss them. Some things we may have in common, but generally speaking, I don't think we're going to get to the same place the same way. We have a different views of the country, and that's kind of what it's coming down to. So, uh, but to my last point about what's happening now, where this government right now is essentially lying to you on a daily basis. They're, they're basically lying to you. Uh, they're basically tearing down the walls of the separation of powers to get you to believe that the president pretty much does everything illegally. Congress can never be out of control. And if they want to make up something, they just make up something and they charge you with a crime. And I think we all should be concerned about that because any of us could be charged with a crime if we allow people to just make up rules as they go. And I think that that's pretty much, uh, yeah, what, uh, you know, we're concerned with. So if you want to give me a call here at the studio, you can call it uh, 901-0945 uh, or 888-281-1110 if you want to weigh in on what's going on. Um, but I think that right now with this strike against Iran, which just two days ago, it was World War Three. Now things have quieted down, which if anybody thinks Iran wants to go to war with the United States, uh, again, you've been fooled. Iran is like that little uh, kid down the street who will throw a dirt ball at your house and go run back inside. He's not going to actually come out and fight you. So, so that's what they're going to do. They, they're irritants. There was never a threat of war with Iran. Iran's been irritating this this country for the past 40 years. So they're going to continue to do uh, it's a little obnoxious things, but we're not going to war with Iran. And every few years, there's a there's an Iranian crisis, that, and the media freaks out about it, and then it goes away after a couple of weeks. Then it's on to the next hysteria. So I think that the best thing you could do for yourself is turn off the television. Uh, you can follow events without watching these people because they are not good for your mental health. Uh, we got, <laughs> we got to go to call. We got Paul in Akron. Paul, are you there? Hi. Yes. Uh, I was wondering if you could uh, enlighten me as to this thing where the U.N. is hiring English-speaking people uh, for a job called Disarmament, Demobilization, and Reintegration Officer. Uh, Seems that they want to try and confiscate the guns through a treaty process. Huh. be perfectly honest with you, I don't know anything about it. I don't. I can't uh, comment on it. But I'll say this. When you mentioned that it was UN, it w- it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh but I don't necessarily know enough about it to comment on. Where 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 did you see this story? Uh the internet. Okay. You know, but I mean it, 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 there was a couple of different guys on there that uh, talked about it. When the first guy talked about it, I ignored it. And then when I heard from a different person, I thought, "Well, maybe there's something to this." And yeah. I mean, the ad was in the paper. So yeah, I have to look into it, but I, I don't know much about it. 
Um, okay. I, just, I figured you'd probably know if anybody did. No, I actually, thank you, but I, I definitely have not heard about this. But I've heard about different UN agendas that are going on, which I don't pay much attention to, uh, at least not not now. I know this that when we had Nikki Haley as our representative UN, uh, she kind of kept them at bay on a lot of their nonsense. But something like this, I'll have to look into, and I'll definitely uh, speak on it when I get more information about it. Thanks for your call, Paul. So anyway, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to bump out, and uh, I'm going to come back on the other side. I am Khalid Namar, and you are listening to the Bob France Authority. Welcome back to the Todd Allen Show. I'm Khalid Namar for Bob France. And those of you who have not heard me before, um, hopefully there's not very many of you who can claim that, um, you can hear me on Sundays right here on AM 1420, The Answer on the Todd Allen Show. But I am pleased right now to be sitting in the seat of my man, uh, my mentor, guy who gave me my first major break, and that's Bob France here. And uh, coming up, we got a guest from, you know, who I love bumping into on the road, as I said earlier. I've interviewed him a few times. Fantastic guest. He's got 20 years in the CIA, former graduate of the Naval Academy. He was station chief in Central Asia, former congressional candidate, all-around interesting man of mystery, Scott Eulinger, former CIA station chief. Are you there? Yes, I am, Khalid. Thanks a lot. And thanks for the uh, background uh, music. I like Johnny Rivers this morning. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for always being there when I need you because, uh, you know, you're one of my favorite people to interview because I learn so much every time I talk to you and you always send me on to some more reading. So uh, I want to thank you for that and thank you for joining me this morning on the uh, Bob France Authority. A lot going on, a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, you were 20-year station chief CIA in, in Moldova. And so you got a, a lot of experience in that part of the world, which Iran is not far away from there. Uh, that's right. I was in, I was also, um, deputy, I was deputy chief of station in mm -hmm. Azerbaijan, which is right on the Iranian border. Wow. So I have a lot of experience with Iranian operations. Oh. And actually, my that's... best, my best CIA successes, which I cannot talk about, yes. were with Iran. Oh, beautiful. So, um, Iran and Russia, like, I'm, I'm your guy. Oh, so, um, because I mean, I've, I've recruited Iranians. So. I know a lot about that country and its people. So to give people a background, because um, you've obviously known about Suleimani for a long time. Tell right. us about tell us about Suleimani. Well, uh, Suleimani um, has been around for a long time, since the Iranian Revolution in 79. He started out you know, at a low level and then worked his way up. Now, he's in an organization that's called the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is the IIRGC. Now, Make no mistake, I've always said the IRGC is the equivalent of the SS in Hitler's Nazi Germany. They are the enforcers uh, and guardians of the regime. There's an Iranian army and a navy and air force. But the IRGC, their SS, has its own army, its own air force, and its own navy. And they are like sworn uh, you know, loyal, loyalty to the Ayatollah himself, to the holy leader himself. And so these guys have... Um, a special branch called the Quds Force, 
and these guys are like paramilitary guys who train terrorist organizations, who provide weapons to people, and it's in this, and this is why I've wanted this guy dead for at least 10 years, because he is, as they've been saying, he is responsible for the deaths of over 600 Americans. And why would that be? Because at least 600 U.S. troops were killed by special um, explosive devices in Iraq during the war in Iraq that were manufactured in Iran and given to Iraqi rebels. So this guy has a lot of American blood on his hands. Probably, he, you know, the next time you see a vet who's missing an arm or a leg, and I think there are about at least 1,600 of them. Wow. Suleimani is personally responsible for that. So this guy needed killing. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people who, you know, people argue, oh, you know, he's a foreign leader and all this stuff. No, I reject that. Iran is the number one uh, world sponsor of terror. This guy was absolute, and not only that, but he has the blood of about 1,500 Iranian demonstrators, his own people, who were, you know, who want basically their country to emerge from the dark ages. There's been a lot of protests in Iran in the past couple months, and, you know, 1,500 of them were, were killed in the streets, and it's all under the orders of Soleimani. So actually, one other thing that's happening is, remember, the, the Iranian people are Shia Muslims. And they're the minority. Most of the um, most of the Muslim world is Sunni. Like there's celebrations all over the Middle East that this this monster is dead because a lot of people in the Middle East know that he is responsible. He's killed far more people in the Middle East than he has killed Americans. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's for the re- it's for his killing of Americans that Trump finally said enough. We're killing this guy. So. <clears throat> That is some things I didn't I didn't even know about the guy, and I I kind of follow these things pretty closely. Uh, so in in Iran, who do you think will take his place? Is there a successor? Is there another guy? There is, gonna there is a guy. There is a guy who's been appointed, and um, and so you know, and he's there, and and, and he'll um do a good job, I suppose, for Iran. But the um, but the point is, is that this guy was had a, a very important role like he was not just it was not just his position it was his personal connections you know he was very close with Assad in Syria he was he was um, a mover and a shaker on his own he wasn't just like an obedient soldier the guy who replaced him is more like an obedient soldier so this guy's absence will be felt because he has been basically the engineer of of Iran's like last you know at the last 10 years or so their push to dominate the region. And unfortunately, that push was greatly assisted by the Obama administration. Because the Obama administration, you know, basically gave the Iranian regime the benefit of the doubt multiple times in, in over the past, you know, decade, and that it just encouraged Iran to continue to reach, to dominate Syria, to back up Hezbollah more. They got money on a pallet from the, you know, uh, $400 million in cash on a pallet from the Obama administration. And that money went right back into terrorist projects. And how do I know that? Well, because a lot of the Iranian street protests were about, okay, my brother doesn't have a job, but my government is funding terrorists in Yemen. And that's why the Iranian people were so ticked off. Because the money that uh, we, we gave them, some of which was money that was frozen in the United States that were Iranian assets in 1979, Jimmy Carter said, okay, we're not giving it to a terrorist country. So he just froze those assets. So we give that money back. And the Iranian people see no benefit in that money coming back 
because that money just went for terrorist programs. Yeah, Obama basically served as a human cash app uh, for the That's guy. That's right, right, exactly. Um, so what's really, uh, I guess, stunning to me is the, you know, um, this massive hysteria uh, by Democrats uh, that killing this guy somehow was going to, you know, in, you know, provide instability to the region as if it's, it was stable before, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's nutty. Um, it is true. Yeah. It so, is true. Yeah. So do you think that we had some intel within Iraq on the ground that helped us identify this guy? Oh, uh, certainly. I mean, we, we were tracking, I mean, you know, there have been opportunities to eliminate him in the past, but no one had the guts to take it. And, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you another thing is that, you know, it's not just the Democrats. I'm, I'm sure there, there are a lot of people in government that they're just, they are not into cutting the Gordian knot. You know, the Gordian knot, like the knot that, like, uh, what was it, Alexander the Great? And they said, oh, you know, no one can get through this puzzle, this big knot. And, and Alexander the Great said, well, screw it. And he just cut it. And that's the way Trump is. You know, I'm sure there were any number of experts advising Trump, oh, oh well, this is an option, but it's pretty radical. And we don't know what kind of a response we're going to get. Well, in my eye, in my experience, you know, if you've killed 600 Americans, I'm going to eliminate you. And if you go after us again, well, then I'll just deal with that when that happens. But you can't leave 600 U.S. deaths unavenged. And this guy was very much in your face. Keep that in mind, too. Because he knew he had a free pass from Obama. This guy was traveling around, around the, the region like a rock star. You know, like, I mean, he, he wasn't, his visit to Baghdad, I don't believe where we killed him, was not some, like, secret event. This guy was in your face. Like, yeah, I've, I've put the hit out on your guys, and I know you're not going to touch me. So I'll do whatever I want. I'll show up in Damascus. I'll show up in Baghdad. And so he was contemptuous of our will to fight him or to kill him. And, and and he obviously miscalculated. His carbon signature has been considerably reduced. Yeah. I mean, apparently he hasn't been watching uh, CNN because he would have known by watching that that Trump is crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And that's, and that's another thing. See, like, that's so, believe me, you know, I, I was working in this world of foreign policy and intelligence for my whole, most of, most of my adult life, not in the Navy. So what I'm saying is, believe you me, that, be a president who introduces like strategic uncertainty is okay. a good thing because all Americans are nothing if not they're we're too predictable. Like all our enemies can play us because they know how we react. And Trump, when he was running, was said, "I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to tell people what I'm going to do, and make them worry, make them sweat a little bit." And that's what's happening. You have people like, "Oh my God, this this maniac cowboy is going to. I don't know what he's going to do." And the last time I've heard something like that was talking about Ronald Reagan. Right. He was another American cowboy that was aided by the Soviets because he was, quote, unpredictable, meaning he actually acted with some strength. And, and he ended the Cold War. And we're seeing like a similar return to that policy under Trump. Yeah. I, w I want to ask you to address something, and, and it drives me crazy. When I hear, which I heard this morning from someone I know, that uh, you know Trump is this agent of Russia – and, and I pointed out some things to him, like Trump arming the Ukrainians, uh, Trump lobbying, right, that, uh, you know, yeah, Trump uh, lobbying Germany not to buy natural gas from Russia and right. Trump basically killing this general, which the Russians didn't particularly like. So why don't you address that for me, please? Yeah, I mean, certainly right. Um, we're not um, 
you know, a, 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 Russia is involved in a very, very loose, you know, association. It's not really an alliance with Iran. But, um, but you know, killing of Soleimani is, is, is also a warning to a country like Russia that, you know, like that, for instance, if you invade, you know, like, for instance, the Russians invaded um, Ukraine, and that was under Obama because of his weakness with Russia. So these policies that, like, Trump is enabling also spread far beyond the region. Like, for instance, don't you think that North Korea's dictator, that rocket man, is watching what's going on very carefully? You're doggone right he's watching it, because all these dictators watch very carefully how the United States deals with other dictators, because maybe they're next. So, for instance, you know, he's gonna, this is going to result in more stability throughout the globe uh, in North Korea with Russia as they realize that Trump is somebody who stands, who's going to always you know, pursue America first. He's going to pursue U.S. national interests. And if you do something against national interests or harm Americans, you're going to hear from the United States. And, and at the same time he's doing this, he can withdraw us from these countries because he needs to do that. You know, uh, the policy of being strongly pro-American has nothing to do with keeping, you know, like us in the Middle East forever. Like, you know, it's not a choice of either or. You can do both at the same time, you know? So it's, so, you know, there's a lot of people who are writing and who, you know, on the Democratic side especially, and they don't understand what he's doing or don't want to understand what he's doing. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, we had this show vote of Shias in the parliament that, wanted to expel U.S. troops. What do you think is going to happen going forward? Um, do you think we'll be there and say, say if Trump wins re-election, do you think we will stay in Iraq? I mean, I think we got like 5,000 troops there now. I think that we will maintain some presence there. Um, that, that, uh, that vote that was made a big deal in the press uh, that you just pointed out, Philly, is that um, that was only, that, that was a, they basically didn't even have a quorum in the Iraqi parliament. Like, it was just basically the Shia, the Shia parts of the government, which is, you know, one-third of the whole government, saying, uh, we want you out. So it was basically like a non-binding resolution. It didn't have any... It, there's not a law. Like, it, they were not officially telling us to get out. It was non-binding. So, you know, we'll be staying there, and um, I think for some time, for uh, uh, some troops. But the other good thing is that with Soleimani's death, there will be less of an Iranian stranglehold in Iraq. See, that, that's the problem. When we went into Iraq and destroyed everything under, under Bush and, and, and Obama, what happened, and then because Obama didn't follow up with any strength, the Iranians got their dream come true. They got to dominate Iraqi political affairs. And so they are sort of telling Iraq how, how high to jump. And the Iraqis are getting tired of that. So, in fact, they were, uh, there were several uh, incidents. The Iranian embassy in Baghdad, in Iraq, was attacked by Iraqis who were tired of Iranian domination. Now, with the death of Soleimani, these same Iraqis, you know, they've got a little traction now. So maybe they will be able to eject Iran out of Iraq, which is one of the worst effects we've had um, since um, the, the, uh, the wars started. You see, so like we're kind of regaining ground and, and basically, you know, the high watermark of Iranian power is going to start to recede because they were dominating Iraq and they were in Syria big time and they were in Lebanon. You know, they, so like they've been, you know, over the past 10 years, they've been slowly like taking over or zombifying all of those countries. And now that tide is going to start receding because 
the people in the Middle East will say, okay, look, Trump has got our backs. The United States is helping us. And now we are encouraged to kick the Persians, the Iranians, right. out of our own country. Right. You got another segment for me, Scott? Sure. Scott sure. Eulinger is our guest, former deputy station chief uh, or station chief in Central Asia, CIA, for 20 years. When we come back, I want you to jump into this IG report because that infuriates me. And I think uh, you have special insights into that. Uh, so we'll talk about that on the other side. I am Khalid Namar, and you're listening to the Bob France Authority. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. I am Khalid Namar in for Bob France. Talking to one of my favorite guys, former CIA station chief, Scott Eulinger, who's breaking down all things on uh, headlines regarding Iran. We're going to jump into the IG report because what bothers me about this, uh, Scott, is the media has basically skimmed over this whole story, which, which to me and many others is huge. When you have deliberate omissions and uh, bias and essentially misconduct and lawbreaking by intelligence agencies in order to take down a president. So why don't you break down this IG report and what do you see uh, that what do you see the fallout coming from this? Right. The IG report is really damning. I mean, um, as somebody, you know, I, I was in the government for a long time, so I I can kind of read, I know how to read those reports, and even though it's written in bureaucraties, it's really damning. It's got, there's incredible, there were incredible abuses going on within the Justice Department, the FBI, and uh, possibly even the CIA, and it's just, it's terrible to read about. Also, because it, it shows me how much of a double-track justice system we have. You know, if, if, if Scott, when he was working for the government, you know, uh, made one tiny mistake, I would be in Leavenworth right now. But these people are empowered, were felt empowered, like by, an, by you know, okay, the Obama administration's got my back, so I can basically run roughshod over every rule and regulation there is. So all these people committed multiple felonies. I mean, you basically... You know, the main thing is that they used um, trumped-up information to justify, uh, to get a FISA warrant to allow the court to authorize spying on people's phone calls, email, and everything else. So it's basically, it's the equivalent of basically a cop planting dope on you and arresting you for dope. I mean, that's how bad this is. And, you know, you're outraged, I'm outraged, and... You know, every normal American should be outraged at this because you got to figure if they're willing to do this to a, you know, billionaire president, then you and I, they'll, they'll think nothing about throwing us in jail on the same kind of trumped up charges. Yeah. Well, and, and what I find more disgusting is if you juxtapose this IG report, which is, like you said, damning, and you compare this with this silly phone call uh, <laughs> impeachment, oh. if you juxtapose the two issues, it, it is, it's both comical and is outrageous at the same time that you're comparing a dump truck to a Hot Wheel. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous as far oh, as yeah, right. the nonsense that we're dealing with, with with Ukraine and a phone call, which is essentially a policy dispute versus uh, misconduct and law breaking by our intelligence agencies, which we all should be afraid of. 
That's right. And and uh, what you what you'll see if uh, if people check Twitter and stuff. You know, I'm on Twitter, but uh, there's uh, there's several other CIA officers on Twitter, um, and and we're all kind of united in talking about how Brennan is. You know, someone like John Brennan, the CIA chief, is you know uh, poss- hopefully looking at some real jail time because all of these things that were done are fel- they're felonies. I mean, if you if you basically are if the FBI is lying or manufacturing evidence. To a court to get a warrant, that's a felony. And there are all indications that, that absolutely was done, that these people, this, you know, they, this is a swamp. They were conspiring. That's a, that's a fact. And, and, yes. uh, no one's going to change my, um, my certainty of that. That, you know, these people working together to, you know, basically denigrate a, a candidate, a presidential candidate, and then later when he was elected to, like, derail him. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that, I mean, if I wrote that this was going to happen 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed myself <laughs> if I sent a message to, you know, Scott of 10 or 15 years ago. Because it literally, it's like a bad novel. But this stuff really happened. And I've been writing about it and sounding the alarm about it basically from the beginning. And, and there are other people who have done so as well. But, um, you know, the minute that this stuff started happening, um, I knew that there was some, there was some chicanery going on. Uh, the minute that Trump said, they bugged my, my, my place, you know, they bugged Trump Tower, yeah. and everyone immediately exploded the outrage. How dare he say that the FBI did this? And it turned out and to I be true. Like, That's right. And the minute he said, I said, you know what? He wouldn't say this if it was baseless. I said, I think that, and I know the way these people think. And I said, no. I said, it, it was done. And I knew it was done. And, you know, my, that's what my, my, ops, my ops, spidey ops sense told me. And I was right. Because, you know, these people, I know how you can get around the law, because I worked in that world. You can you get around the law, skirt things, play it on the edge, and get things done that are basically immoral. I tell and you what. And that's what's happened. It, it, most people don't notice that Trump never goes back to Trump Tower. He goes to Mar-a-Lago. He hasn't gone to Trump Tower in like two years since that uh, he was tipped off uh, that the yeah, Trump Tower right. was bugged. And he was tipped off by a former Obama administration official who was promptly fired after that most people don't know that and i think what's what's really shocking not shocking because we have a, a media that's dishonest and fr- quite frankly trash um they have skirted over so much of what's been going on to focus on ukraine when the intelligence agencies and all this rotten uh this chicanery started under the last administration and they're the basically the root of all of this and i don't think any of them are going to be held to account I don't think well, they're going right. to have Obama let's in the Congress. That, right. Let's hope that you're wrong about that. Yeah, that the Barr so. investigation, which is he is looking into this. Now, there are some indications that, you know, he is quite serious about this. Um, there, the Barr, who is investigating these abuses of power in the Justice Department, has been to Italy. Mm-hmm. He's been to um, uh, London. And these are... These are areas where we believe that CIA's John Brennan, for example, was talking to these countries. And again, knowing that, okay, it's a little hinky to have Americans listen to Americans, he was basically trying to task the British and Italian intelligence mm-hmm. services with monitoring the Trump campaign. Scott, you know, you this... See, again, he was abusing, he was abusing the liaison relationships to get them to do his dirty work for him. Right. And Barr is investigating this, and that's why people like Brennan seem so nervous. Definitely. Scott, I could talk to you all day. I'm going to have you back, uh, you know, sure. soon, because this is fascinating stuff. Scott, you linger. You can check him out on Twitter. 
U-H-L-I-N-G-H-E-R. Thank you for coming in. Uh, I'm Khalid Namar on the Bar France Authority, and we'll be back on the other side. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.